So I'm going to give a brief recap from last week where we talked about Jesus being the true vine and the Father, the vine dresser. We learned that a prerequisite to bearing fruit is that the branch must abide in the vine. Abiding indicates a choice. The Bible clearly states that the branch, or we, cannot bear fruit or produce anything unless we abide in him, in the vine. Because it says that Jesus is the vine, the true vine. And this abiding is conditional. Jesus was the example that doing the Father's will is how he abided in the Father's love. Doing the Father's will is how he abided in the Father's love. And he said, and we said, he had said also, we must also do his will to abide in his love. Because he said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him. And we, Father and Son, will come to him and make our home with him. Making a home is abiding. Because I, I defined what abiding was. Abiding means to remain or to stay. Visitors come and visitors go. So you are here, but then you're going to leave. But the ones who abide are the ones who are living here. They remain, they're staying. They are the ones who abide. So Jesus said, if you, if you keep my word, my Father and I will come and we will abide with you or make our home. So abiding means that they will come and remain as long as you keep obeying the word of God. So abiding is conditional. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and it shall be done. So if you obey him, Jesus, the Father would love you and they will come and make their home or they would abide with us. So we can only abide if we know his word and keep and walk in His Word, or walk in it, by renewing our minds. We touched on that last week. You cannot abide, you cannot know His will, you cannot walk in His will, you cannot know His ways, if you don't know His Word. Amen? So when you renew your mind, and uh, you become a living sacrifice, as Jesus was with the Father, we have to put on the new man, who was in the image of Christ and no longer act as mere children, who are heirs, uh, we are heirs, but still have the mentality of a slave. So the Bible says, and the Bible talks about why we need to renew our mind. We need to renew our mind, as it says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, so that we have to prove something. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, changing the way you think, so that we can prove something. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God as we make ourselves a living sacrifice? Right? So abiding requires renewing your mind. And our mind is renewed by the word of God. And this Holy Spirit gives us understanding and revelation of what it is that we were studying. What it is we're reading. And when we get that understanding, we walk in our Father's ways. And as we walk in our Father's ways, we are abiding in the love of Christ. Amen? So as you're abiding, you are plugged in, or you are tapped in, or you are abiding in the vine. Okay, so that, uh, and very important that we remember, let me not forget this, 
as I said, when you put on the new man in the image of Christ, you no longer act as mere children. When you start to understand who you are in Christ, you put away childish things. We touched on that last week. Because you understand your relationship and who you are in Christ in relation to the Father. So you put away your childish ways because you understand that when you know who you are and you understand what it takes to abide, you cannot have the mentality of a child or slave. Because a child is an heir who is an heir don't have the mentality of an heir, they have the mentality of a slave. So we have to be schooled and trained and when you understand who you are, you no longer think like a child. Alright, so that was recap from last week and a little bit from the week before. So today I'm going to pick it up. This will be part 3 in bearing fruit or bear fruit. And we're going to pick it up in Romans chapter 11. So you can turn there please. And let me know when you're there. And we're going to start at verse 16. But I want to, before we start reading, I'm going to give you a little scenario of what's actually going on. <clears throat> let me know when you're in Romans 11 please. Okay, so you have, you have the Apostle Paul speaking to the Gentiles about the Jewish and Gentile believers. So he's talking to the, in the, uh, the church in Rome. And some Jews cling to their heritage for salvation and rejected Christ. So they were clinging to the old and they were rejecting Christ because they didn't believe he was the Messiah. And some of the Christians... Gentile Christians were rejecting Jews and even persecuting them for refusing Christ. And that's not unlike what we're dealing with today in some instances. Where you have Christians will reject people, even Jewish pe- people, even though they don't believe in Christ, they reject them. They have a haughty attitude and speak against those who don't believe because they don't understand or they don't They don't believe in Christ. But Apostle Paul is warning the Gentile Christians about that attitude. We must not vilify or persecute people for rejecting Christ. But we have to walk in humility. Have compassion and show mercy. Remember that we were once blind. Remember there was a time nobody could come and tell us anything about Jesus. We didn't want to hear about it. Alright? So we have to have walk in humility and have compassion. And we have to pray for these people. Pray that their eyes will be open. Pray that God will show them mercy. We have to pray for them and not reject them, not vilify, not persecute people because they don't believe the way we believe. But pray that God will open their eyes, that they will see and experience the love of God. And let our lifestyles be an example of the grace and the love of God. So they will see Christ in us. Alright? So we have to pray and not persecute people. So let's start reading in Romans chapter 11 and we'll start with verse 16. I don't know how far I'm going to get. I have a lot of material, but we'll see. Let's start with verse 16. For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. So he says if the root is holy, everything that's attached to that is holy. Okay? 
Verse 17. And if some of the branches were broken off, and you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree, do not boast against the branches. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say that branches will be broken off, that I might be grafted in. Well said. Because of unbelief, they were broken off. You see that? Because of unbelief, they were broken off. And you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, He may not spare you either. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell. Severity, but towards you goodness. If, there's a condition, if you continue in His goodness, otherwise you also will be cut off. And they also, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. Alright, there's a lot there. And I can't, I'm not going to cover everything there. There are just certain things I want us to get out of this. So he's talking about, for example, like Abraham's faith was like the root of a cultivated tree. And the Jews were its natural branches. You hear the key there? A cultivated tree. So that means someone was, was tending it. Because he referred to the natural as cultivated and the gentle as wild. Wild is not cultivated. Wild is just left to its own devices. Cultivated is pruned, trimmed, managed. So he's saying here, for example, Abraham's faith was like the root of a cultivated tree. And the Jews were its natural branches. Alright? But he said, because of unbelief, some of the Jews were broken off. Similarly, as with the vine and branches, the vine dresser will cut off unproductive branches from, from the vine due to unbelief. Next week we'll talk about pruning and why it's necessary to prune to bear fruit. But if the natural branches were cut off, and they were cut off because of unbelief, Understand that we who are the ones we are being grafted in because we believe in Christ. So when you believe you are grafted in. But grafted in doesn't mean you are abiding. You are just grafted in. Abiding now takes faith. So you are, you are grafted in by faith and you abide by faith. So the cultivated tree, olive tree, had natural branches. And they were cut off because of unbelief. They were pruned off because of unbelief. But the promise, glory to God, the promise God made through Abraham. What did he tell Abraham? You shall be what? The father of many nations. And through your seed, all the earth will be, nations of the earth will be blessed. So we are heirs to the promise by faith. When we believe, we get grafted in. That's how we become heirs to the promise. When you believe. So the natural branches who did not believe, they were cut off. The wild olive tree or branches were grafted in. They also now they can partake of the fatness of the root. The promise 
by faith because of we believe. But he said, don't get it, don't get your head too puffed up. Because God did not spare the natural branches, those who did not believe. He didn't spare them. And we, the wild olive tree, is grafted in. So don't get puffed up. That's why Paul was telling the Roman Christians, do not persecute the Jews. Do not persecute, because they were cut off because of unbelief. And he said, if the only way you're going to stay abiding, stay grafted in, is if you continue. You hear what he said here? Don't boast against the branches, verse 18. But if you boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. The root supports us. So we are not to get puffed up, but we have to walk in humility. And he said, verse 19, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Yeah, God cut off those unbelieving Jews so that we can be grafted in. Hey, yes, well said, he said. Because of unbelief, they were broken off. And you stand by faith. Hopefully our faith, we keep walking in faith. Hopefully we continue in faith. Because the Bible says in the last days many will turn away from the faith. So hopefully it's only by grace. I'm telling you. We got to take this day by day. We got to walk this walk minute by minute. Because walking by faith is not easy. And we are challenged daily. We are challenged daily. We are pulled. We are stretched. Sometimes some days you feel you can't take it anymore. I know. I know. Some days I don't feel I can take it anymore. And I'm, I'm telling him, I'm honest. And if you feel you every day you're on top of it, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. You know, some days you feel like, I, I, I don't want to put up with this anymore. I, got the, I was better when I was all by myself. I didn't have to deal with this, I didn't have to deal with that, I don't have to deal with blah, blah, blah. You know? But what do we do? We take hold of these thoughts. Take them captive to the obedience of Christ. Why? Because that's faith in action. You'll choose to obey God's word. And you abide. You abide in the home. You abide in the relationship. Why do you think people leave? Why do you think they're divorced? Because people choose not to abide anymore. They give up. But we are not like that. We walk, the, we walk that walk daily. Whether we feel like it or not. We say, Lord, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for the grace to continue, Lord, because when I'm weak right now, I need your strength to continue in this relationship. I need your strength to continue in this job. I need your strength, Lord. I can't put up with this anymore, but Lord, by your grace, you're going to keep me. And you're going to keep me going. You're going to strengthen me. i got to stir up myself in my most holy faith because the joy of the Lord is my strength. I will not be moved by how I feel. I will not be moved by what I see. I will not be moved by what people tell me. But Lord God, I trust you. Because I know you stand behind your word to perform it. You keep your word. And you said if I'm faithful to you. If I'm faithful to your word. You will be faithful to me. Because you said they that honor you, honor you. You will honor. And they that despise you, you would likely esteem. So we got to walk by faith and not by... That's how we abide in the vine. That's how we stay grafted into the olive tree. That's how we, we get fattened with the, with the goodness of God. By the Spirit of God. Because we have choose to abide and walk by faith. Because it takes faith to abide. 
It takes faith to do the things that we need to do daily. It takes faith because many times we don't want to do it. I'll be very honest with you. There are days I don't want to feel like getting up and going to work because of the drama I got to deal with. There are days I don't want to do this or that. But you know what you you got to do it. You got to get up and step out and, and do what you got to do. And God gives you the grace to do it. He gives you the grace to overcome because you get through that day. You say, how did I get through that day? It's by grace, the grace of God. He gives you the, the strength and the wisdom. Because the what he said, he said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd goes before the sheep and he makes the crooked path straight. When the sheep go into the sheep pen, when the sheep go out for pasture, do you think they have to worry about anything? No! The sheep don't have to worry about anything because the good shepherd has already gone before them and prepared everything that they have need of. Glory to God. So he said, because of unbelief, some of the Jews were cut off. So we also have to make sure that we don't get puffed up. Because one minute you get puffed up, they say what? Pride comes before the fall? Exactly. You're puffed up one minute, you feel you're on top of the world, tomorrow you could be dung in the dumps. And the enemy knows the buttons to push and the Lord will allow him to push those buttons because you're full of yourself. And you're in, next thing you know, I'm in the wilderness. How did I end up here? There's a few things that you've got to learn. Jesus walked by faith. He was our perfect example. In case you didn't know, Jesus walked by faith. You know that, right? Jesus walked by faith. He said, I only do what the Father tells me to do. And what He shows me to do, I do in like manner. Because He walked by faith. The same way the Spirit will show us what to do. We do what the Spirit shows us. We're walking by faith. We're not doing our thing. We're doing what He requires. Jesus did the same thing. He did what the Father required. He walked by faith. In the full armor of God daily, He walked by faith. So, abiding, as I said, requires us to walk by faith. So we must not be haughty and prideful, but in humility, work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Don't think we have it all together. We don't have it all together. You've got to work out the salvation, by fear, really by fear and trembling, because you don't know what they're going to do the next minute. Or we think we got it all together. But no, we don't. So anyone who believes can be grafted in. Into this olive tree. Let's go to Mark 4, verse 7. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded no crop. Now this is from the parable of the sower. I'm not going to talk about the whole... Think just about this part here and how it, how it applies to faith and abiding. And Jesus gave the interpretation of that in verse, in verse 18. What does that mean? Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. Right? And, the, and verse 19. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things Entering, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Okay? So, what does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do by walking by faith? It has a lot to do by walking by faith. 
It has a lot to do with bearing fruit. It has a lot to do with abiding. Because these are the challenges we face every day. Every day. So it says here, those that hear the word, but did not come to a place of maturity where the word bore fruit. So you are abiding in the vine by faith. But you didn't get to a point where you are fruitful. Why is that? Why is that? It just says it here. In verse 18. Verse 19. The cares of this world, <coughs> the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things enter and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So you could be abiding, puffed up abiding. I'm having my Bibles all marked up. I'm going to Bible school. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Oh, you don't go to church. Why aren't you going to church? You're all up in people because they're not like you. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> what happened to sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so? I don't see them anymore. They're not walking with the Lord anymore. What happened? The word got choked. The things of this world. Because it, oh my God. When you, when you have that attitude, the Lord allows the, you, you to become cha your chastised. He would allow it when you're prideful. When you're prideful, I, I'm telling you this because it has happened to me. When you're prideful, the Lord will allow things to happen to you. To humble you. <laughs> he will allow it to humble you. The Father does not tolerate pride. He does not tolerate pride. Newsflash. <laughs> okay. Newsflash. And he will allow he will allow things to be stripped away from you to humble you. And the quicker you repent and learn to humble yourself, the quicker you come out of the wilderness. The quicker he restores you. And when the things that used to irritate you, the attitude you used to have against people, that no longer happens. Because it says here, when he talk about, we're talking about in Romans. Don't be hoarding. Because God wasn't afraid to, to cut off the natural branches. And you were grafted in. So that's why we have to walk in humility. Because he would allow it. So you talk about the word being choked. The deceitfulness of riches. They hear the word. They come to a place of maturity, abiding. You're going to church and then something happens. It could be an old girlfriend, an old boyfriend. It could be a, a, a parent. It could be a, an, an uncle. Something happen, come, happens in your life. Some root of something in you. God allows it to come to the surface by bringing somebody in your life to allow that to come forth. And you now have to choose whether you're going to abide, keep abiding, or you're going to allow, allow that to derail you. Because what it is, is a distraction. And you have to decide if you're going to allow that to distract you. And you, when I say the distraction will come, but you have to decide how you're going to allow that distraction to affect you. Because that distraction is there to either strengthen your walk or derail your faith. So you have to make the choice. So if somebody hurts you, that you haven't seen in umpteen years, I mean really hurt you, and you haven't forgiven that person. God allows these things because you are still wounded. There's an area in your life you are still 
wounded. And you cannot be whole until he, he addresses that wound. And he will address the wound. Why? Because he loves you. You cannot be whole when you're wounded. So he will allow it. So you have to decide now. How are you going to react to that distraction? Alright. The cares of the world. The deceitfulness of riches. And the desire for other things. Do you hear that? The cares of the world. The deceitfulness of riches. And the desire for other things. A great example. You have one spouse that's walking with the Lord. One that's... Right? Wishy-washy. This one wants to study the Word. Wants to spend time in God's presence. And the other one is like, Oh, you always... Well, you have to go to church every day. You got to do this. You got to do that. You don't spend any time with me. You don't love me. And then, what do you do? Well, um, I'm not going to study as much because I got to do this. He or she wants to do this. They want to do that. And da-da-da. And da-da-da. So your time, that you, your one-on-one time with the Lord, you may have to sacrifice that. This you sacrifice. That you sacrifice. Next thing you know, you're away from the Word. You don't, have, you don't have that closeness with God that you used to have. Why? Because you're doing what? The, the cares of the world. Because one is allowing you to be pulled away. Okay? It's not saying that you don't do things to please the other one. But you have to make them understand. My one-on-one time with the Lord is critical. If you want me to be the wife or the husband, a godly wife and husband, I need that time with the Lord. Or else we will be at it. Because you eventually will be operating in your flesh. And 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 you in your flesh and he or she in the flesh, you know what's happening. But head's going to be budding. The abiding... It's not going to be a fluid abiding. It will be contentious, contain, contentious abiding. Do you understand? So these distractions, temptations, etc. Anything that takes you away from abiding. From affecting your faith. From remaining grafted in. I know you all know what I'm talking about. You got to stand firm in the faith. You know, you get ridiculed. They say things about you. It might even cuss you out. But you're abiding. While you're trusting God. Because God says, and you have to pray for them. Pray that God will have mercy. Because when they're messing with you like that, when they're talking about you like that, God will easily let, take His hands off them. Because they are, walk, they are only walking and staying the way they are because of you. You, the Holy One who choose to abide with them. They are covered by you. They just don't know what they, who they're messing with. If you are distracted, you cannot continue in, the, in faith. You're always relying on the flesh and not the spirit. We cannot abide in Christ and become living sacrifices and simultaneously enamored with the things of the world. You can't serve two masters. You can't want to serve God and, and be bogged down with the things of the world. It's either you're all in or you're all out. And this is where, sometimes this is where people split. Friendships split. Relationships split. Because one says, I am walking with God no matter what. You think. I choose to serve God. I choose to walk with God. And that might cost you your friendship. If you're an insecure person, 
and you're dependent on that relationship, you will turn from God and go with that person. And derail, and that your faith will become derailed. That will happen. That's why God wants that wound to be healed. So that you're not moved, you're not, you're not seduced and dependent on somebody else's affection, but you're only dependent on the affection of God. Amen. Amen. We have to be whole. They say, what? Heal me, Lord, and I shall be healed. That's the Lord wants us to be healed. We have to be whole. We have to be healed to overcome. Because the challenges we're going to face, if you're insecure, if you're dependent on the job and not God, if they say, take the mark, if you don't take the mark, you can't work here, and you're not dependent on God, what would you do? You will take the mark, because your dependency is not on God. That's just, I'm just throwing that in you cannot serve two masters. You have to commit to one and hate the other. That's what the word says. A double-minded person will not receive anything. What is that? Anything. A double-minded person will not receive anything from the Lord. Because that person is unstable, unreliable, and cannot be trusted. A double-minded person will betray you. You hear what I just said? A double-minded person will betray you. Why? Because they are thinking about saving their neck. And they will throw you under the bus to save their neck. A double-minded person will betray you. The ones who bear fruit are the ones who continue to abide and do not allow distractions to derail their faith. They continue in the faith and eventually come to a place of maturity where fruit is born. Alright. So we have, let me wind up here. We have to die to our own desires. And depend on the grace of God to walk by faith. We have to be willing to make the hard choices to do the will of the Son and abide in His love. Because Jesus said, I did the will of the Father and abided in His love. So we have to do the will of Jesus to abide in His love. So we stay, we stay grafted in and abiding in divine in Him. Alright? And we are also responsible to remove distractions which are like thorns that will choke the word. We are responsible to remove the distractions. Did you hear what I just said? Not God. We are responsible. Because if you don't remove them, God will, you'll end up in the wilderness. And you still have to remove the the distractions. Alright? So, remove it before you have to end up in the wilderness. Selah. It is guaranteed that distractions will usurp our faith if we do not take our thoughts captive and filter them through the word of God. It is guaranteed, as I said, that distractions will usurp our faith. It will. And that's what's happening a lot now. With social media. With everything. People are so distracted. There's so many things vying for your attention. Competition for your attention. Competition for your mind. That's what it is. Competition for your mind. That's what everything is, is ha- that's happening. You compare 50 years ago, 60 years ago to now, there's so much more things bombarding your mind, your thinking, trying to affect your thoughts, your thinking. The, the media knows us better than we know ourselves. They know what to, how, to, how to entice us. They know how to seduce us. When you go to a grocery store, if you go with kids, they know exactly where... Why do you think they put the gum and the stuff and the candy right by the cash register? Why? Because they know. If you go with kids, they know. 
The candy, the, the, the cereal is not on the high, the cereal is not way up, the cereal is right at eye level. They know, they know. They know how, they know before we, they know us better than we know ourselves. Alright. It's amazing how quickly we can revert to the old man. It takes time and discipline to build up and less time to tear down. When I was driving on Route 22, how long they broke down the old Sears? It didn't take a week to build that. It took a while. They had some heavy duty equipment. In like a week, that whole place was torn down. So I'm saying, it's easy to revert back to the old man very quickly. And it takes time to build, put on the new man. And that's what happens when you get distracted. The old man comes on real fast. And the new man gets torn down very quickly. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And pleasing God requires obedience. And obedience requires faith. Doing what He requires in spite of what people say and how we feel. Faith without corresponding action is dead. As Jesus said in John 15.10, If you keep my commandments, if you obey me and walk by faith, you will abide in my love. So as we walk by faith, we abide in His love. Right. So, if there's anything you get out of it today, don't allow yourself to be distracted. Your faith is being always going to be put under attack. But we have to choose to walk by faith so that we stay abiding in the vine. So that we will not become unfruitful and get cut off. Amen? So, glory to God. Glory to God.